Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media, and today our Power Woman podcast features a power woman. I am so proud of her leading National Grid and the, a great partner of ours and is the director and assistant general counsel to National Grid, and we couldn't do without you, the wonderful Tanya Blocker. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on, on the uh, Power Woman podcast today. Well, you know, National Grid has always been a great partner of ours. And mm -hmm. I think that everybody in the community appreciates their being uh, not just a provider, but a community partner. And that's very important to us. And I think that they've really made a great effort. We just did a wonderful energy conference to educate people about the alternatives of energy that will be available. And the president of the United States has made climate control a big issue and National Grid is right on top of everything. You know, we are so proud of you, Tanya. I know you grew up in my, you know, in my neck of the woods in <laughs> Jamaica, Queens, and I, I started my papers in Bayside, Queens. In my Love living room with four children, a dream and a prayer. <laughs> so and look I don't know if you are. siblings, but yes. did you have people who inspired you growing up? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's going to sound trite, but I, I have to kind of give um, reference to my parents, of course, right? My mother and father, natural born leaders, and they were examples for me. They both are, right, even redefining themselves even now. My mother has had just accomplished her PhD. My father's on his fourth book. So that should give you some insight on how I grew up in Jamaica, Queens. I'm a middle child. So there, there's a natural inclination to give as a middle child, whether it's by choice or by force. So um, that is always something that's kind of rooted in me. And uh, my parents have been ideal in, in my upbringing and influ influential in the upbringing. And it's not coincidental that today is a uh, Veterans Day, and, and my grandfather was also a, a veteran and also very pivotal in my life. Where did he serve? What armed forces did he serve in? U.S. the Army forces. He was actually in two areas, actually, in the in the in the armed forces. One was like in the catering area, and then he was actually in I think the electrical area within the armed forces. So, giving recognition and much thanks and gratitude is critical to our world as the brave people that served us and kept us safe. And I think, you know, we must pay tribute. I wanted to ask you, you know, you grew up in Jamaica and went to, uh, was it Martin uh, High School? Yes. August Martin. Martin High School. And that's not an easy high school to navigate. And there's <laughs> a lot of trouble in them our hills. Well, let's, let's, let's put it in context, right, of the times, right? Now it's definitely right, I think, uh, appropriately so, a little, a little troubling, but I definitely try to give back to that school as well. When I did attend this school, it was not, it didn't have the same brand necessarily as it has now, and I'm hoping to assist the school in kind of refacing their brand also. But good things come out of August Martin High School, I can assure you of that. Well, I'm very happy about that. And, you know, we own Jamaica Times as well as the Queen's Courier. And we'd be delighted, let them know, to cover the good students that are doing good things there. So Absolutely. count us in on that. You know, going to law school, I was married to a lawyer. My first husband was a lawyer. It isn't <laughs> easy. I mean, what made you choose that part of the career for yourself? Yeah, that's an interesting question because that's not what I wanted to do in the first instance. So actually, when I started school, I wanted to go into medicine and be a doctor. And then I quickly realized that that was not my 
niche area. Um, I loved and enjoyed debating, not arguing. I make the qualifier debating and persuading. And that's kind of led me into the law. I started out in doing some politics and government. I was on in Albany for some time um, doing an internship and then went to D Washington DC and was on the Hill for some time. And that's kind of actually what positioned me to be interested in going into law school. And that's when I, that's what I decided to do. So did you work for a particular congressman? What did you do on the Hill? I did on the Hill. I was actually an intern for then Senator Clinton in, 20, in 2002. Um, and then in Albany, uh, I was actually an intern for Sandy Galef, uh, who is, um, I believe she's still on, on in Albany. I need to reach out to her now. That reminds me, I should, should make a touch point. Well, you know, I think how being around Hillary Clinton, uh, whatever uh, people love or hate her, I think nobody could take away her brilliance. Indeed, indeed. And you can gain from anyone, and to your point of either loving or hating her, she had a presence um, and she had skill sets that definitely assisted me. And just understanding the operations of the Hill in and of itself was definitely influential to me and how I navigated the legal field. So when you decide to go into law, you had a lot of options, I bet, coming out and where did you do some internships while you're in law school to give you a sense of what part of the law you wanted to be in? I did. I worked for the New York City Law Department and enjoyed every moment of it. I externed at the New York City Law Department while in law school, and I did appearances in, in Queens County Court uh, and Supreme Court on several occasions, took depositions and the like, and realized that litigation was a field that I enjoyed. So thus, when I came out of law school, I actually focused in on, on litigation, but I've had a, a, um, a different journey. I'm now in-house, which is not necessarily litigation focused. I'm not in court anymore, albeit I, I miss it, but in-house does have its benefits. And I drew down on the skill sets that I learned as a litigator to now be in-house, which, which essentially just means I work for a corporation. Well, when you're working for the corporation, you certainly are having dealing with a whole different ballywack of problems. What are the things that, uh, you know, you have in your daily life that, you know, you're doing now? Well, I think the biggest was related to COVID, right? It impacted so many employees, particularly um, critical infrastructure or essential workers. So that was the greatest impact in trying to navigate that. How did it impact the employees? How does it impact the business? And then now I'm actually segueing into privacy and cybersecurity law, which is also another area um, that's booming. It's a growing area in the law. You can tell now that the New York City Bar or the New York State, I should say, Bar Association is actually mandating that all attorneys actually take a course, continuing legal education course in privacy and cybersecurity. So that just gives you some insight into how big this area and how many people are impacted across the spectrum in privacy and cybersecurity. Well, you know, I think it's the buzzword of today. Uh, Suffolk County got hacked. And yeah. the ripple effect of the uh, experience has held up projects across the county. Indeed. So, you know, this is all part of cybersecurity. And how do you protect yourself? I, I got, I've got to press my national grid people to start putting out some education pieces. <laughs> because I really think we have to be more educated about how we can protect ourselves. Absolutely. Are there any 
tips that you could share with our listeners? Well, I'll share, I'll share in your everyday life, right? You need to just be a little bit more um, attentive and discerning and where and whom you give your information to and access to. I think sometimes we have a tendency to click on certain links on social media and different other social platforms and give our information so freely, not understanding that where, who are we giving that information to? Where is it ultimately going? Who are we giving access to our information vis-a-vis websites? You'll you'll see, I, I know you see, everyone sees when you click on a website, this cookies indicator um, as to how, what essential functions in order to use utilize that website you need. You need to read, read that privacy notice. It's important for you to do so in order to protect yourself on, an, on a day-to-day basis. I mean, everybody uses kind of Netflix, right? And Netflix is, has kind of IT technology, which follows you and tries to see what movies that it, it is that you like or shopping um, that you like online. All of that is encompassed within technology and could ultimately impact you from a privacy and cybersecurity standpoint. So be, be attentive to those. So when, you, you know, I mean, I had one of those Alexis, Alexi, would you put on the music? Alexi, I had so yes. much fun, but you know, I got frightened away from it, literally gave it away because of the potential hacking. Can, um, was I crazy or is there something to that? I, you, you know what, it's, it's, it's okay to be um, a healthy sense of paranoia, I'll say, right? So Alexa and all of those types of AI technology is useful, right? They are assistance to us and provide ease in our day and convenience. I would just say, just have a healthy skepticism. I'm not saying to throw away your Alexa or your Google Home. There's no need to do that, okay? And I'm providing legal advice, but I don't, there's no need to do that, but you should be more mindful of who you give your information to and who has access to your information. Well, you know, I just got a phone call this morning from somebody saying that if I don't pay my electric bill, in 30 minutes, the electricity is going to be turned off. Ignore that phone call. You know, I'm, I'm a little sophisticated enough to know that that is a phony. But, you know, my heart goes out Jeez. to maybe seniors who are not so sophisticated. How they get our phone numbers is also, this is my private, you know, it's not like years ago when you had the, uh, you know, the phone. You thought you have a private phone when you have an iPhone, right? Right. That's but right. They get your phone numbers. That's right. I mean, it's it's as it's selling data. Again, we go back to kind of who are you giving your data to, understanding whomever you're giving your data to, how they're utilizing that data. Go to your congressional representatives. Let them know that these are some of the experiences that you're having, um, so that they can in place some legislation to kind of protect consumers. Well, I like the fact that you're also an advocate, like I am. You know, we don't face <laughs> things that are. We want to change things and make them how they could be. Right. So you seem to be the same fiber of a person. So uh, what do you do to have fun? You work so hard, uh, I think, to be where you are. I do. I do. I, I travel a lot. Where do you I travel really, to? I travel. Um, Africa is is a is a definitely um a, a, my love affair with it. You can see in my travels with the continent. Where to? Where to? Because I've been oh, to South, South Africa. Africa, Ghana. I've been to Senegal, uh, Egypt. So all around kind of northern, western, and southern Africa. 
and I also kind of give back, right? Speaking on panels in West Africa about uh, diversity, equity, gender, um, inclusivity, um, labor and employment. So I think there's always a, a relaxation arm, right? A vacation arm to my travels, but also um, it's more rooted in trying to, pr my purpose and helping with community uh, and assisting individuals in learning more. Well, you know, that's really a beautiful thing to be able to spread your knowledge. And I think, you know, to have you in uh, some of these underdeveloped countries where they need to know is a real blessing for them and for you to be able to experience it. We own uh, Caribbean life. Uh -huh. and, uh, you know, one of uh, the things that uh, we're always trying to bring to people is information that you're talking about. Right. Uh, because, you know, we, I, my message is in teaching. And so even though I'm in journalism world, you know, the media world, you never stop being a teacher. So for you, how do you use your law to help people be stronger and smarter, right? Oh, uh, yes. I'm, I mean, you know, teach on panels, right? I do a lot of panel engagements on different topics, uh, substantive areas of law, and then on leadership as well, because I do think it's important. And not only, right, I am a teacher, but I am also a student as well. There's much we can learn from each other. Um, and I think people need to be, individuals need to be more open and receptive, even to areas of criticism. I know some of the topics that we talk about is how did I get to where, where I am and as well as what uh, advice that I can give to individuals about success. Uh, okay, well, listen, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, don't go too much I want you to go right into my next <laughs> question and talk about what advice would you give to people listening on how to be successful. Yeah, um, so I, there's a couple of, couple of points I can give, right? One is realizing yourself for yourself, and that's a journey, okay? It is not a sprint. So I think that's, a, that's high level. Also, disappointments are inevitable, but discouragement is a choice. And you need to not choose discouragement, right? And, and you're not going to always be motivated, but you always need to be disciplined. And that is how you stay encouraged and you can continue to pursue on because of the discipline. You know, identify the little wins and um, encourage yourself in those little wins. Don't be so short-sighted um, and, and be intentional. I think, I think all of our aspirations should have an end goal. It should be purposeful um, because it may not always pan out the way in which we like it to pan out. But if our intent is, is correct, we will be fulfilled at the end. Well, you have profoundly made about three or four statements. I was jotting down notes because every week at our staff meeting, we give quotes. And I think this one that you gave me about, you know, disappointments is part of life, but discouragement is your choice. Yeah, disappointments are inevitable. It's it's right. It's of the vicissitudes of life, but we don't have to be discouraged. Well, you are a very wise woman. I'm so proud to be talking to Tanya Blanca, who is the director and assistant general counsel for National Grid. Thank you so much, Tanya. It really has been my honor talking to you because you very much are inspirational. Thank you, Vicky. It's it's and a aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Keep on talking and doing the good things you're doing. All the best. I, I appreciate you. Thank you. This is Victoria Schnepp saying Power Woman Podcast with Tanya Blocker. Till next time. Bye now. Bye.